We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome along to the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Alex Hurst, Adam Widrington, and on the line from London, Charlotte Robson here to talk about Liverpool 3, Steve Bruce's Newcastle United 1. Adam and Charlotte, both at the game, both in, on Merseyside, in the away end, going to tell you, tell you all the stories, give you all the gen from what went down at Anfield on on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, myself, I watched it from from a different viewpoint in sunny Portugal. Um, and we're going to get into the defeat, we're going to get into the context of it. Was there anything to take from it? Has there been enough criticism? All that kind of stuff. So, Charlotte, since you're not here, I'm going to let you take it away. Uh, how was your day? How was Anfield? Uh, my day was was lovely. It was really, really sunny. I was very. I like Liverpool. It was my first trip to Anfield, so I was quite excited about going up and um, and uh, seeing, you know, seeing Anfield, being part of that atmosphere, um, albeit in the away end. Um, it's my it was my first game of the season as well, so I was really just sort of really excited to get back into it. I got the train up in the morning on Saturday and got a taxi over to the ground, all pretty smooth. Met Adam. We went via the food bank. I dropped off some food and we dropped off some money from the NUFC food bank, which was great. I really like that side of things as well, like that solidarity between food banks across across football fans. And then uh, and then Anfield itself was was just yeah, it was it was good. I think we. Adam will probably go into it more because he was very excited about the atmosphere and and it was just it was yeah it was just a bit sleepy um for from the home fans for quite a lot of the game um it took them a while to wake up um I don't know if that was because it was a 12:30 kickoff and people were just sort of you know moseying along like not really you know up for it yet or just not very excited about the prospect of playing Newcastle. I don't know. I was gonna. I was gonna say it is only us. You know, when we, I was yeah. trying to tell people <laughs> when we played Rotherham at home in the Championship and beaten four 0 and no one made a noise. That's like that's us for them. You know, when Real Madrid yeah. or Man City come, I'm sure it'll be absolutely bouncing. But um, when you're playing, you know, Steve Bruce's Newcastle United. Uh, there's not that much to get worked up about. But Adam, you know, like like Charlotte says, you're, you're very interested in the atmosphere. Your first trip to Anfield as well. How was your day? Yeah, I mean, it's, it started off pretty stressful, to be honest. Uh, I was driving down um, on my Todd, uh, car full of sandwiches, loaded up on Red Bull. Um, traffic getting in was 
a lot worse than I expected. I had booked a car park space in the centre of town, which I realised fast that I wasn't going to get there in time and then be able to get to the stadium. So um, panicked, called Charlotte on the way, had to get her to do a bit of admin for me while I was driving. Managed to just dump my car on the um, sort of like the east and like the east side of Goodison Park, which was completely dead but runnable uh, <laughs> to to Anfield. Um, finally met up with Charlotte and give away a couple of tickets that we needed to give away, and we finally got in. Um, we probably missed about a minute of the game, but I'm taking that as a massive victory because there was one point I just I'd we were to be. To, I'm going to butt in. We were there with a few minutes to spare before kickoff, but the lady at the like not the chain style, but the the stairs going up to the stand was checking every single person's ticket and turning people away if they weren't in the right stair well. So we did miss the first couple of minutes. Does that suggest you were in the wrong stairwell? No, we were in the right one, but no, it sort of no, didn't, we were shouldn't in the right matter. one. Can I just two things from your your day there, which which tickled me? Number one. Car full of sandwiches seems a bit extreme for, for one trip to Liverpool and back. Take a van, did you? Um, and second of all, we met up and gave away a load of tickets. Like, we're not Fun 88, like, dishing out tickets to True Faith parents. No, there like, were, were people who have paid for tickets uh, that I had to pass on. To yeah, but legitimately with their own season ticket membership numbers. Yes. Anyone's listening from the club. Um, <laughs> only joking, it's only Sunderland Football Club that listen to this podcast. Okay, well, it sounds like you had a nice day before the football. Stressful. Um, myself, I was in Portugal, uh, watched it in the sun. And just to, just to kind of piggyback on Charlotte's atmosphere point, or lack of it, also, like everyone else in Albafura in Portugal, was a Liverpool fan. They weren't even asked. Do you know what I mean? They, they, you could tell they weren't worried when we won't wonder up. They just weren't asked. Me inside, like, fucking good. In, fucking come on. <laughs> like, 12.30. There's no, there's no time difference, which shocked the other people I was with. Um, like, what time is it? Same as England. Um, goes across, not down. But, uh, yeah, and uh, me inside were like, fucking hell, here we're gone. But you just, you, they just knew. They just knew. They were just like, look, isn't the touchline, lads? Uh, it'll be all right. So, Adam... Back to the original question, you know, how did you find how did you find Anfield itself? Because you, you talked kind of in podcasts and the lead up, how you're really looking forward to going to such a famous old ground. I think it was a great. I think it's a great stadium, and obviously we saw it in really bright sunshine. Maybe not quite Portugal sunshine, Alex, but it was it was blazing hot when we got there. And actually, me and Charlotte got there probably both, um, you know, sort of um, a, a little kind of. Uh, Sweaty, possibly, and uh, both very, very thankful that we were actually up the top. Speak for yourself. I <laughs> Sorry, <I'm a> woman. <laughs> we were up in the top under the shade, so we actually had a, a full view, you know, full view of the uh, of the pitch, and actually didn't have to sort of baste in the uh, t- t- towards the, the pitch side in the, in the in the dinner time sun. But it was. Yeah, as Charlotte sort of briefly mentioned, the, the away support, sorry, the, the home support was pedestrian. Um, they, they, they came alive when they finally equalised. Um, the away support, I thought, was, was, was really good. There were some iffy moments of, like, some chance that I just didn't um, appreciate or get on board with. Um, sign on, still being sung, which is just... It's just appalling. Like I, I can't. I did actually shush. I started to shush people doing that. Yeah, which, to Adam's credit, he did. He shushed them and said it was crap banter. So. <laughs> Someone once turned around to me at uh, Preston, I think, in the championship, and was, well, I wasn't shushing people like you. I didn't take it that far, but I said to Sai or Mickey, I was like, "Fucking hell, not again!" That we'll sing a load of shite songs. He said, "Who are you, the chant police?" I was like, "Yes, I am." 
That is lit. That you know that that is what I've been bestowed <laughs> by the Premier League and the FA. Uh, you know, I am the champ. Please didn't find it funny. Were you wearing your Sheriff's badge as well? Like? Undercover. Undercover. You're a champ. Police badge. <laughs> we won two one. Make both goals. Just if, if anyone's remembering. Better days. Better days under a better mm. manager. But yeah, like, you know, you say you say the away end was quite good. It sounded good on the TV. Sold out. You know, this whole like why won't anyone back Steve Bruce? That's three sold out away ends at Liverpool, Norwich, Tottenham. Not the easiest to get to any of them. Um, I think people would counter that by saying, you know, all of those games have either gone to zero points or members' sale, which wouldn't have been the case last season. And it'll be interesting to see what crowd there is. I mean, it's very interesting. We'll, we'll kind of know it'll be below 45,000, maybe even below 43,000. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, talking about Brighton at home <laughs> next week. Um, yeah, me, me and Si watched it in Portugal. It wasn't it wasn't a great watch. Um, I thought we were poor um, defensively, which is probably the most disappointing thing. Uh, and I know that kind of looking at social media afterwards is kind of a split between fans who thought, you know what, it's Liverpool away, what can you do 3-1 and a two-goal defeat is actually something a lot of fans would have taken before kickoff. And other people are kind of like, you know, Steve Bruce is getting the easiest ride. And the only reason I'm talking about watching it in Portugal, it was on BN Sports with Keys and Grey. It was like being back, <laughs> in, back in 2004. Um, and uh, they were just so easy on Bruce. Like, only comparatively competitive, Rafa, how hard, not just those guys, but... The whole kind of media class or punditry class, anyway. How hard they went in to Rafa, particularly when he picks up a positive result. We got beat, and it was just like I think. I think after the game, Richard Keys goes. One thing Steve Bruce can't do is is um, you know plan for individual errors. And Andy Grazie, oh yeah, it's absolutely not Steve's fault that Christian Atu does what he does, and it's like we well, have to take some responsibility. What? He is the manager. Number two, who plans for individual errors? It's like right if Christian Atu loses possession in midfield in the thirty third minute. <laughs> I want you. I want you to do this. It's just, they just talk nonsense. I think everyone listening knows that. Um, do you not think that maybe, like them not giving uh, Steve Bruce as hard a time as they would Rafa? I appreciate that they're arseholes, but is it not almost like a global acceptance of Bruce's level? And it's just like, well, they're not going to give him a hard time because they probably know he can't. He can't really. He can't reach the heights of say a Rafa. I, I would say you? it's it's far more likely that. Steve Bruce would pick the phone up. I don't know whether Richard Keyes has ever rang Steve Bruce. I'm not Piers Morgan. I've not been hacking yeah, into yeah. people's Yeah, I'm just phones. playing devil's advocate. But like, well. I, I imagine that Steve Bruce has been, is, or you know, is far more pally. We know he's far more pally, and he's, he plays them. Maybe listen. Maybe that's an asset because, like it or, or low, that this is Newcastle United, and unfortunately, like just controversy just follows the club. We've had Michael Owen for like two weeks now. Steve McManaman again bringing it up, and yeah, it's just like Steve again paid watching him a football. Like literally watching football and being given money for it. I know two people in the away and sweating, selling sandwiches and tickets outside the ground <laughs> who've paid to be there. And and you're talking about Michael Owen, like and how unfair it is and all this kind of stuff. Again, so again, not not me. I wasn't sweating. Just to be clear. <laughs> to be fair, I've played football with you, Charlotte, St James's Park, and you did not sweat. It was a, a Alistair Cook like for any cricket fans. <laughs> Maybe that's just a uh, testament to the fact that I didn't work very hard on the pitch. <laughs> we'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this one, Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte, we'll get into it. We'll get into the, the nuances of this game of football that we all experienced in different ways. Weirdly, um, mm. people are saying, social media, fans, it was okay. It was okay. That's the word. We did okay. Um, do you think we did okay, Charlotte? Right, I do. And I also think um, that it's really interesting to me, the experience of you watching it on the TV and being like, our defence was rubbish, and me being there, because I was like, I don't I don't agree with you. Um I don't think like poor is the word. 
against a team like Liverpool. I know that I know that, that that's the context we have to put Saturday's result in. Like last season, we were beaten four 0 at Anfield on Boxing Day, which was a very painful watch. Um, the season before that at Anfield, it was two 0 I mean, we ma- we managed to score this time. That's I know I know we didn't make many chances. We we didn't have. Um, very many chances last time. It's not. It's not as if we're getting better, but I don't think it's been any any worse. And 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 I think our defence worked really hard um, against a really really good side. I think that's sort of the the key thing, and that's probably what people are saying on social media, or what people are trying to say on social media, is that Liverpool was always going to be. It's not like. I don't know. I don't think anybody was expecting. I mean, obviously it would have been nice, but I don't think anyone was expecting Newcastle to go Anfield and come back with, with three points. They were just they're just a very well drilled, very good side. But I thought in the first sort of, they took a while to warm up. In the first sort of fifteen minutes, it was a bit scrappy. That's when we scored around the seventh minute, I think. Last season they'd scored their first goal by the 11th minute and I think I think the Liverpool side that came out on Saturday afternoon was expecting a bit of an easier ride obviously they clicked into gear and and you know are mint and were better than us but I think I think we I think we weren't terrible <laughs> I don't know if that's well that's not how you saw it but no I, you know I didn't think we were terrible I'm interested to get Adam's perspective before Rebut that. I think obviously I think we started pretty sprightly and and, and we looked up for it. Um, obviously that you know we were rewarded with a goal on the counter attack and you know I, I mentioned this in the, in the preview and previous pods about you know we don't have a lot of shots on target, but when we do, we actually have a decent shots on target to goals ratio. So it's almost like we when we do get the very few chances that we create, which obviously is a it's a separate problem and a big enough problem that we probably get onto a bit later. We're pretty clinical when we when we have a, when we have a shot on when we have a shot on goal, and we only had one shot, one shot on target all afternoon, and obviously what a shot on target. But I think um, it, it got to the point where we, we were we were we were holding out, holding out. Liverpool obviously came back in with they broke the deadlock, they went ahead, and, and f- probably from when we scored, we didn't look like scoring again, like at all. Like I, I, I felt the attackers were far too isolated. Miggy was just having to sort of run it out, and he was, you know, he needed people closer to him because he was surrounded by like three three defenders at one point. And you know what, what what's it, what's he supposed to do in that respect? Sometimes, yes, he can turn around and look around and you know play a pass and be a bit more um, savvy with it. But I felt in the second half there was a, a, a massive improvement, even though we, it, while it was still two one, I think was our our best time because we looked like we could actually do things on the break, whereas I couldn't really see that in most of the most of the first half after we'd actually scored on the break, early doors. Second half, we just looked a bit more... I could, I could almost like... I could almost map out how we might, how a counter-attacking move might manifest and, and get forward, and we were breaking up their, their play and trying to push, uh, you know, trying to spring quickly towards, like, their, their half. So, and it comes back to that, that craft chance, you know, I think... He's not a finisher, is he? I mean, he did the same against Norwich. He blazed it over the bar. Uh, over the bar. If he if he finishes that, or at least tests the goalkeeper, 
that could be a, that could have been a completely different game. That could have got their fans worried that they'd conceded two at home. It was two two. It was kind of they were probably getting frustrated at that, at that point that they hadn't seen it off because they probably expected it to be three 0 up at half time. Um, well, judging by the home crowd, but yeah, it's. I thought there were positives to take from there, but and and, and even and even defensively, I, I, I appreciate that. Ultimately, they just they were too good for us, and we probably weren't. It probably wasn't wasn't anywhere near the defensive performance against Spurs. But I, I did pick out Cher and Dummett as playing very well. Like while while we were watching, I, I mean, Charlotte both kind of said like they're, they're playing well. Like Cher in particular was was really really good. I thought, but I mean, we we obviously are frail at the back, and it's almost like just to, just to finish my point here, it feels like we're kind of playing Rafa's tactics from from last season. But we're kind of we, we we haven't subscribed to the premium version. We're, we're on the free trial where we s- people s- still don't know who they're supposed to be marking, and you could see you know people pointing at, at wing backs like an Alexander Alexander Arnold coming forward, and you know having a point to somebody pointing to Willems to say that's your man, or then having a point to um, Atsu to get back. Like there was kind of trying to do live direction by the players while they were attacking us with world-class talent and it just seems that even though you know you could you could try and replicate the shape and the the, the general strategy of like that defensive performance um, against Spurs again and again born out of last season's um, strategy we, we still have so much work to do to get to where we need to be defensively and particularly attacking yeah well, all all good points uh, you know it wasn't a disaster uh, from my point of view, uh, it was really disappointing. That, you know, Liverpool are a very good team. They've lost a home game in the Premier League since we were in the Championship over three years, or nearly three years, which is a long time. Um, <laughs> I think it's one of the longest unbeaten, if not the longest unbeaten home run in, in English football, uh, Premier League history. Um, so Newcastle United have no right to go to Liverpool and win. Like you say, fantastic first goal. What a What a hit. Good for Jetro as well. You know, he, I thought he played really well against Watford. Um, I don't think he can defend particularly well, but that's all right in a, in a three-five-two because uh, you've got other centre backs there. You know, your comment about Kraft scoring—it is being slightly greedy even for us to expect both fullbacks to nip in, <laughs> nip in with the goals at Anfield. <laughs> uh, my, my issue with with Kraft before I kind of address the wider points is I, I really worry about him, and I put that on social media, put it on Twitter, and people were like you know, get off his back. Someone was like, "You need to support the players." It's like he's not, he doesn't follow me on Twitter. I don't think he has it. Like. <laughs> You know, I'm not. I'm not tweeting. You know, those people who go on Instagram or whatever and, and like abuse players for being shit. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying who who scouted and what does he bring and that. For, you know, the, the first goal of the game was crucial, and the second goal of the game was crucial because if Liverpool scored first, we'll lose, and then if Newcastle scored second, went two 0 up. There's a very good chance of getting something out of the game. And while I absolutely accept that three one at Liverpool is fine. Um, I wouldn't say it's like good I think there's been a little bit too much like it was a good result it wasn't a good result we got beat and you know we, have no, you know, we don't have the players we don't have the confidence we don't have the results this season anyway to back up going to Liverpool and getting anything though we did very well at Spurs who are not as good a side as Liverpool how did Spurs get on this weekend I have no idea they've, they've slipped my mind I'm serious anyone know Spurs got on I'll look at them after the show it's yeah, yeah I can't, I can't, maybe, I can't they, maybe they play tonight um, but yeah that first goal was just so so Fucking bad from Kraft. Like, what's he doing? Like, Robertson, I don't, he doesn't tackle him. He almost moves out the way. And then Shelby, it, you could say, is it Shelby's job to be close to Manny? Like, why is Sadio Manny in the box unmarked when the ball comes to him? 
you know, but Shelby's only standing. You know, people saying John Joe Shelby played well. I'm not so sure myself. Would, would, would it be would it be would it be down to John Joe Shelby to Mark Marnie? I'm not yeah, sure. You're about right, that. But, but also if he's so close to him. That if you if you're watching what goes on, you think, oh, well, he's unmarked. I'll, I'll go and mark him. It's a great finish. You you can't save. I just think Kraft, you, foul him, mate. Do so, do something. I, I I would love to ask him like, what are you actually doing? I appreciate you playing against Andrew Robinson, one of Europe's best fullbacks, and you know you've got the boxes full of very good players, and you don't want to get. Yeah, the card early on, but just take one for the team. I, th- I think I think you've you've got to take into account that finish as well. It was, it was yeah, a I real. Do. It was such a, it was such a, a pinpoint uh, finish right in the in, in the corner. It was, that, it was that's the thing, effortless though. from Marnie. That's the thing. It's brilliant. Liverpool are brilliant, and I can accept that. And we are certainly aren't brilliant, and that's all right for us at the minute to go in and get beat three one. It's not good, but you know we can live with it. And it's kind of as soon as that game's finished, I hope the lads right right on to Brighton. Fuck that. Like on to Brighton, that's a massive game next week. But I just think Kraft, I just look at him, I think, who are you who are you an upgrade on? And people are saying you've got to give him time. We don't have time, unfortunately. Mm. We we don't have time to be gifting Liverpool goals at Anfield in a season when we're we're set for at best a point a game, in my opinion. So listen, is it Kraft's fault that we got beat at Liverpool? No, it's not. He cost five million quid. All it's, all of our right backs have cost yeah. five million quid. Maybe it, that's inherently what the it problem is. It seems he's been chosen ahead of Mankio. And listen, Mankio's not the greatest defender in English football history. When you've got Kraft doing that and then Atsu who's had a good season so far, doing what he did, it's I just feel like He's worked hard as a team. We, we did defend well. Yeah, that you know what the, the, the scoreline was maybe a little bit flattering as Liverpool missed some good chances. Dubravka played well in the second half, and you know I'm sure people have got their views of Dubravka's attempt to stop Mane. It's a very fortunate thing. Mane kicks it off Dubravka, who kicks it back against Mane, and it rolls perfectly into the six-yard box for him to tap in. When you're a good team, you get that that rub of the green. I just look at those two individual mistakes, and yes, they are individual errors, but I'm just like for fuck's sake, lads, like. Can 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 we not do a little bit better than that? And you know what, Charlotte, just to say something what something that you said there that kinda annoys me a little bit is, is comparing yeah. the game to Liverpool last season and saying, Well, you know what, that's fine. And you are you are far from the only person that's doing that. Lots of people are doing that, saying, Well, this game last season we've done X. People only do that so far and the games were were lose to try and justify it. No one says against well, we beat Watford last season. You know, we we only picked up one point against Brighton, but I'm not I'm not that interested in last season, and, and we've said it numerous times in the, the podcast. We are as a fan base going to have to move on from last season if we finish seventeenth. Yeah, in my opinion, I'm just trying to contextualise this. Um, I mean, what I think the whole um, of Saturday is the way I feel about it is the is the attitude going in. It's like the context of everything, like that it's that it was always probably going to be a loss or, or at least a really tough game and and I think as well you know context around certain players like John Joe Shelby I think um people were saying he was absolutely shite well I I didn't think he was shite but then my my feeling on that is my context of that would would have been me thinking oh he's in the squad that's quite risky he could go a bit rogue and he didn't. So in my head, that's that's quite good. So I think that's what I was trying to do with that. I understand what you're saying. And it's it's the the general feeling after that game was yeah we're lost and everyone knew we'd lose going in that game. It was it was one of the fixtures, if not that you know that and Man City away from home, and you know, you could argue maybe Chelsea as well, but definitely those two are the, are the two games you're not going to get any points from as Newcastle United. Um, there are a lot of games actually we should get no points from, and we've picked up three points at Spurs. I just, I just felt that we were. I would, I'd have much rather Liverpool beat us 
than the other way around. And I appreciate it's not it's not much. <laughs> you lose, you lose, you concede goals, you concede goals. But that's the thing about going into that game 2-1 down at half-time. I felt Liverpool hadn't really done anything. They, I kind of described, I was texting my dad after the game, I kind of felt that they were almost like a fourth-gear Liverpool. Like they, they obviously had a, a far more players on international duty than we had, um, but they did have that depth. And y- yes, yes, you're right. They, they, they didn't really get out of... of you know, they didn't. We didn't really get the best of Liverpool, but at the same time, even when they're not at their best, they're still better than us, and they still have better squad depth than us. And the fact that you know they they were bringing in like Oxley Chamberlain and Origi like to to start, it's like well, we, just, we don't even have that quality in our first team, let alone as kind of like f- squad players. So it's Charlotte's right. You've got to take things into context about where Liverpool are at right now. Even even if they're not firing on all cylinders, and maybe yes, they didn't have to. But I would, I'm, I'm, I see your point about the first goal, but I'm, I am more annoyed about that second goal. I think the, the second goal was really, really cheap, and had had we had we not been so stupid and a couple of individual errors, you know, one after another, you know, we don't we don't we don't know what would have happened. We don't know if we could have sort of grown into the game a bit more. But the, the sense was that when we went in at half-time 2-1 down, it was, it, was probably, it was probably a deserved scoreline at that point. My other takeaway from this game that's negative is that a lot of the same issues that we have talked about in the podcast and everyone listening no doubt will have seen for themselves and it's widely discussed, um, were still there. So Joe Linton was just unbelievably isolated. Almiron and Joe Linton mm. pretty much don't play on the same team. Um, Christianatsu seems to do a much better job of getting close to Joe Linton, but he's Christian Atsu. And, and while it's absolutely acceptable and predictable that those problems might be exposed even further playing against world-class players, and that's fine, I've, I was kind of hoping that after two weeks in the training ground, whilst admittedly Almiron hasn't been there, he's been away with Paraguay, I was kind of hoping that there would be some sort of progress and some sort of kind of, right, these are the problems that we've identified against Watford and were big problems. This is what we've done. And I didn't see any evidence of that, and I'll say it again, not trying to be hypercritical, because maybe they've spent two weeks just completely working on defensive shape, and, you know, Sean Longstaff gets injured last minute, somehow blocking a ball in training, only only Newcastle United. Um, So so I I, I get it, but I was really hoping, I was thinking, right, they've had two weeks international break, We're we're not a team that's filled with internationals. If there is any advantage or any kind of thing to take away from Bruce and the three Steve, Steve, Steve and Steve, training the players is that, you know, can we see some sort of improvement? And, and I don't think we did see anything for, for those problems anyway. And Charlotte was right at the start of, start of the show saying, we defended good, we defended well. There was plenty of tackles, headers, you know, some reasonable attacking play in the very, very brief periods that we had um, attacking. I mean, Jurgen Klopp has been full of praise for Joe Linton, which, you know, great. Yeah. <laughs> Three cheers for Joe Linton. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I just, you know, Adam, I'll come to you on this one. It, I, I'm worried against Brighton next week, and I'd love to be proved wrong. I'm worried that we're just going to see the same flaws that we saw against Watford. Probably. And, and, and look, this is, this, is, this is Steve Bruce's problem to fix. You know, he's been, he's been given a £40 million striker. That's it's more than any other Newcastle managers have before. Um, give or take inflation. Um, but he, like, you, you're absolutely right. There's... The, you know, we, we we've talked about this isolation. You've talked about this lack of chemistry between Almiron and and Joe Linton. And whereas you know Almiron with Perez and Rondon was a complete, it was a completely different setup. It was you know they they were just in tune with each other. And whether 
whether it doesn't work because they're not being, you know, maybe these players need to be micromanaged as they, they were under Rafa, but they're not going to get that under Steve Bruce. But Steve Bruce needs to find whatever his methods, and I'll again let's let's judge him on what he does over the next couple of games. Brighton massive. He's the one that has is he's the only one who can get these these players singing up front, and we we do have a lot of attacking injuries. We have Carroll out, we have Gale out, we have San Maximan out, you know. But we still, I, I don't even see sort of like um, I, I don't know how we're going to score goals. I don't know how we're going to score enough goals. We didn't score enough goals last season, and, and we you know we really struggled. We are. You know, are we just expecting Joe Linton to just make everything good? What's Almiron going to bring to the t- to bring to the table in terms of you know tangible end product? And I'm not I'm not necessarily blaming those players in isolation because it's you know we need to be part of like how how do we counter attack? Like I was saying in the first half, I didn't I couldn't possibly see a way that we were even going to score on the counter attack because it was just. It just non-existent. I did. I still don't know what our counter attack strategy is. I don't know what. I don't know what we are trying to do when we break on the counter. Is it? Is it? Do we push to the? Do they find channels? Um, sometimes they lump it up to Joe Linton th- throughout the centre, and then maybe hope that Almiron and Atsu are kind of running off him. I mean, amazingly for the for the goal, um, it was Atsu who chested <laughs> a long ball down and brought it down with the you know with the accomplishment of, of, of a Joe Linton. And then laid it off to, and I must say, like in terms of Willems, we, we're going to need to rely on our on our fullbacks. You know, I, I know you were joking before, but we the first few games of the season we were so deep, and we we didn't have any width going forward. At least Willems was in the opposition box, busting the gut to get there, and bloody hell, he made it count. Like we we we're going to need that if we if we have because we can't f- solely rely on our attacking our attacking options because it's just not working at the minute. I really like the fact that you saw a window into Jurgen Klopp's team talk for that goal because he said to Alexander Arnold, he gets the ball, showed him his right foot. <laughs> Just be absolutely fine, show him his right foot. And he does that and then bow. Like, what what a goal. I think you said in the preview that we did for patrons, Adam, that you thought Adrian was a terrible keeper. Um, not that he did much wrong in that game, but no, you know. No, but he's, he's a, and I, and I, you know, writing, writing um, for the special email as well there. Um, Pre match, I did say he's, he's you know he's got he's got mistakes in him. He's got a lapse of concentration in him, and to be honest, I mean, it was a really good strike. I'm not necessarily blaming him for that, but after that, he started to get wound up a bit, and you just think, ah, oh, maybe there's maybe there's an opportunity there, but it's yeah, just just haven't created enough, and that, that's going to be such a big problem if we don't then go to Brighton. We need to go on all guns blazing and kind of. We need to create far more chances to have a much better chance of scoring a couple of goals. Because, you know, if we don't win against Brighton, I, I, you know, I don't even want to. It's, it's not necessarily must win for Newcastle for the season, but it's probably must win for Bruce. I mean, we're going to talk about Brighton far more in one of our patron shows this week. We do do four to seven extra shows a week um, for about about two quid a week extra for Newcastle United content. So come and try it out if you haven't already. Charlotte, let's let's go positive. What did you see from the game on Saturday that makes you, or what do you think Steve Bruce will take as a positive to take into this very important game against Brighton? 
Well, like I have said, I wasn't um, upset with our defence. I thought Cher, I know Adam said it, but I thought Cher worked really hard, particularly in the second half. Um, you know, our defence, they are a relentless attacking side and our defence was very tired by the end of the game. But I thought Cher was excellent. Um he that could have been because I could see him better <laughs> in the second half because he was closer to us. But um, he, uh, yeah, after the third goal, he went down. I think it's his calf. I was reading today. I think it's his calf that is either cramped or torn, but I'm not sure um, that there's been an update on that. And he's still got it up, soldiered on. Um, his, his head's really in the game. I was really impressed by that. I think the communication across the back um, five was was pretty good. Atsu was playing well in the first. Um, and actually, I don't think Atsu had a terrible game. I just think he made a really stupid, stupid mistake. Yeah. Obviously, leading to that second goal. So, and and he was winning balls and, and dry, trying to drive the play up the pitch. On the on the strategy for our um, attack that Adam mentioned, I think there isn't one because it seems like everyone's still quite surprised when we do get the ball on the break. Just if we do get it up the pitch it seems like it's like oh I didn't expect this I'm not sure what to do <laughs> so um, but then generally I thought he was alright but his little um, fancy footwork game uh, made obviously Firmino easy steal for Firmino and then and then on to Mane um, Paul Dummett um, Adams mentioned as well he made 10 clearances and the Sal's made 7 I think yeah even though we conceded 3 goals I think our defence was all right into, um, into this Saturday fixture. Just lost Charlotte there. I think I think what she was saying was essentially we defended really well. One of the interesting things. Um, oh, she's coming back to us. Here we go. Hi, Charlotte. You lost me. We did. Just saying, Adam. There. Um, you know, Charlotte's saying the defence is very good moving forward. Is is How that? We we got very we got pretty far. We got the gist. Everyone, we kind of know where you were going with it. And ultimately, is it something that you know? Have you seen anything from these first five games? Four points picked up. How many goals? Four, three, four, five, something like that. Um, well, we haven't scored four, four and five. Four, because we haven't scored twice, have we? <laughs> no. Alas, yeah. Have you have you seen anything so far that you think you know what? A couple of players come back from injury. Couple of wins at home, fans start to flood back. Everything's going to be okay. Is there anything so far from what you've seen from Steve Bruce's side that makes you think I don't need the panic? I don't necessarily think fans will come flooding back so you know so reactively. I think it's going to that kind of stuff's going to take a, a, a bit of time to convince people. And as Bruce keeps saying himself, judge them on results, and we're going to have to. And you know, you look at. Watford was a winnable game, but we—I mean—we kind of caveated the the Spurs the Spurs win and the Watford draw is kind of almost cancelling each other out. Really, you know, if we'd drawn away at Spurs, that would have been an incredible result, and then won at home to Watford, brilliant. You know, we lost to Liverpool. Yeah, like you've got to kind of, as Charlotte said before, we've got to take things in context and actually to, to be you know to be objective about it. You know, the the points that we've got from the games that we've played haven't been too terrible haven't been too terrible but the, as, as we keep mentioning it's the manner of it and it's like you say are, are we seeing enough positives to think that you know if we what, what I worry about you know the, the players like Alan San Maximan that is due to come back and the likes of Carol you know it's 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 not just enough for them to come 
just be back and fit and ready in the team. They're going to have to integrate as well because they haven't had that. Ch- you know, you, you look at Almiron and Joel Linton have had five, five you know league games together. You know, they, you cannot, you know, they haven't gelled yet, and maybe with you know a few more players. We're going to get you know a few different combinations. There's going to be competition. They're going to push push each other for, for you know to to play better and to to really work a lot harder. But maybe there's a there's a danger that the attacking talent we got isn't enough yet. And I, and I hope I'm wrong because I I really like a lot of the attacking players that we brought in this summer and obviously with Almiron as well. I like them individually as players. But they need to learn to play together. I think we have a good defence. I think our First team midfield is, is 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 good. I think Hayden's a really really exceptional midfielder. I don't think Longstaff's quite hit the dizzy heights of last season yet. Shelby, I think put. I agree with Charlotte. I think he put in a, a reasonable shift on on Saturday. Maybe he wasn't amazing, but he definitely didn't lose his head, which a lot of people thought he might. But we are so we are so bottom heavy at the minute, and we're so light ahead of our defence in terms of squad depth. And, and 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 talent and form that for me that 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 is a worry and I think we'll have a better idea of who we are and where we are after the Brighton game because for me that that, that ha- it has to be a victory if it's if it's if it's not three points we we, we are we are genuinely already in trouble and I'm, I'm that that's not hyperbolic that's just that's just being realistic because that that has to be a game that you pencil in to win it has to be. I totally agree, and I'm I'm concerned, and I take everything on board that you're saying. Agree with much of it. The, the thing, the problem that Steve Bruce has is he's wedded to this system with three centre backs, two full backs, which which worked last season. If me or you or anyone listening to Governing Cast United, anyone, you're, prob- you're probably going to stick to what what you had. Now Rafa Benitez switched to that system out of desperation. Right at home last season, got beat. Played four at the back. Went to Old Trafford, went 2-0 up, playing four at the back. You know, it's kind of easy to forget that actually for much of last season, this three centre-backs idea just wasn't wasn't on the table. And, and, and we'll go to Huddersfield, um, we'll go to Burnley, and we'll play this kind of system, five at the back, and it works against those sides. The problem is, Rafa Benitez, in my opinion, doesn't just play three centre-backs because we can't win a game or we're getting beat. That system he employed fit it, the players that he had as his disposal. I think we might have played it against Chelsea at home earlier in the we season. We did, yeah. we did. But we didn't play against Spurs on the opening day. We didn't play it at Cardiff and uh, the draw the following week. So he's kind of think, right, okay, let's continue with what works and what's successful and what's the same. Number one, um, as much as I, I really do like Joel Linton, I think he's a good footballer. I don't know if he'll score the goals that we need him to, but I don't think that necessarily might be his fault. And I still back him. I still think he's a good player. If we get him the ball in the box regularly, he'll score goals from what I've seen so far. The issue, the bigger issue is, is everything you say, there aren't enough players in attacking positions. Every time we try and counter-attack or attack, there are so few players in the box. So few players. Now, that didn't matter that much last season because Salomon Rondon is a, is a, we saw it, is a brilliant centre-forward. Maybe not, you know, he missed a few chances. He doesn't score loads, but I think 10 goals or 11 goals, whatever it is, for him last season, when he wasn't fit at the start of the season, blah, 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 was a really big achievement. And I don't think what Rafa Benitez did last season in terms of that tactical switch worked without Salomon Rondon. And I think Steve Bruce is, is if if we don't if we don't beat Brighton, which is a, it's a you know very plausible outcome. I hope you know I hope we do. Um, the the issue he's going to have is when does he start to think I've got too many centre backs in this team? 
Because it's one thing going to Anfield and being defensively solid and, yep, keeping it, keeping the score down. Only scoring, conceded three. Fine. Absolutely fine. The issue is we played against Watford at home. I think Watford actually matched our formation for that game. But we had, we had three centre-backs. And without Florian Lejeune, as well as Paul Dummer, as well as Shaw, and as well as Lachelle have played, it, for me, it doesn't work. With those three playing against poor teams at home, it doesn't work. Now, I think it worked last season against Southampton. We won 3-1 with that three-set combination. I would personally play Fernandez ahead of Dummett or LaSalle's. Probably LaSalle's, and he's not going to do that because he's the captain. But at the minute, we are so pedestrian in possession. We're so stuck at the back, and there are so, such limited options in our forward play. And I'm not just looking at like you know games against Arsenal, Liverpool. We're looking against Watford here. We're looking against, not what, yeah, Watford, Norwich as well. Spurs doesn't really count because we, we did play very well in that game and it worked It worked really well, so full credit where it's due there. My issue is it's like, you're right in that, is this a big game for Steve Bruce? Absolutely. How long does he back himself? He's already made one fairly crucial tactical switch so far. He took out a centre midfield. He wanted to play with three centre midfielders. He's going to have to make a call at some point whether we can continue to play with three centre-backs and continue not to even threaten to score goals. And that's my big worry is, does he have the tactical ability on the training pitch to get the most out of the front three also tell the full-backs, and to be fair to Willems, did it at the weekend, so may- maybe we're already seeing it in action. And like you say, Kraft against Norwich, against Liverpool, did find himself in two excellent positions. Yeah, he fucked them up, but that's all right, because, you, you, you know, he's a footballer. He does have the ability to do it. I'm far more concerned about him defensively than him missing those chances. Yeah, we didn't buy him for his goals. Yeah, so, that, so that's fine. The, the big concern is if we don't beat Brighton, how long he's staying. You know, considering we've got Leicester away, Man United at home to follow, Chelsea away to finish. It's 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 going to be looking very grim. We're already if Villa win tonight, we're going to point. We're in the bottom three. It doesn't matter that much at this stage of the season, but I don't want to be overly hyperbolic or overly overly negative because there are still some good players in there who know how to play football, score goals, and win games in the Premier League. But you know what we're going to get start getting in the stage soon. We're going to have to rip it up and start again, and that's what Rafa Benitez had to do last season. But the problem that Steve Bruce has got is I trusted Rafa Benitez last season. I was foaming after that Fulham game. I was like, what the fuck have we just watched? That was terrible. But he was always going to come good with us, wasn't he? Steve Bruce has to rip up five at the back, which he will have to do if, if we continue not to have shots at goal against poor teams like we did against Norwich and Watford. You know, and, and, and I get the, I get the point. People say we could have scored this goal, we could have scored that. That's what bad. That my memory of our bad teams in our relegation seasons. You look back at individual games. Remember Mitrovic against Everton at home misses a header at nil nil on Boxing Day. We we'll get beat, get beat one nil. You know, you can look back at these individual games. If he just scored here, if he just scored here, well, there's a running theme here, we'll get one or two chances a game and like you said, we're very good at converting our very low short shots on target into goals it's almost a negative because it, it, you know, if you're going to have one, two, three shots on target every game, you aren't going to score many goals and if you don't score many goals you get relegated, so we're, we're really getting into, as you said, key Steve Bruce territory here, he must you know, he can I think I said before the last last season's home game with Brighton, I thought it was a must win, we're going to Old Trafford the following week and blah 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 or we'll just be in Old Trafford, one of the two You've got to beat Brighton. We didn't. We got beat one 0 and we were fine. So everyone talks about must-win games. It's probably too easy for that. We could quite conceivably. It's not outside the realms of possibility. We could lose to Brighton and beat Leicester. I don't think that would happen, but it could. We've already all of us, pretty much every Newcastle fan, been proved wrong that we went to Spurs and won after the performance at Norwich. So, so it can happen. That nothing is impossible. The issue is if we lose to Brighton, or we even draw with Brighton in the manner that we drew with Watford. Everything you talked about gets ramped up a hundred. So if ASM comes back and we've lost to Brighton and lost to Leicester. If he comes back against Man United at home and is a bit shit, you know, where do we go from there? And, and, and Bruce and the fan base start to run out of options and it's, and I think it'll turn very nasty very quickly. The thing is, what we aren't doing 
And, and two points. I think the, Rafa Benitez's record at the start of last season is almost being used as a protective shield for, for Steve Bruce currently in this season because like, oh, well, you know, even media are using this. It's, 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 it's the mainstream media using this rather than sort of the likes of us. But, oh, well, Rafa didn't get his first win till November, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of anything Bruce can do now as a bonus. But I th- you kind of worry that, you know, Bruce was never going to be the, the you know, the defensive mastermind of Rafa Benitez proportions. He was always seen as like, you know, a bit more of a have a go kind of manager. He's a bit more, but, but you know, we haven't kept a clean sheet yet and we're struggling up front. We're, 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 we're scoring less than a goal a game, which is, that's, that's sort of like, that's relegation kind of strike force that. So it's, it's, it's very, it's very, very difficult to be too optimistic until we actually see a couple of games under Bruce where we we are confident as a team, we understand the strategy, people know their roles and responsibilities. And this is simple stuff. You know, this is this is the Premier League. Like these this should be basic stuff that people should know exactly who they're marking, at what point in the game, at which area in the pitch, what they need to do for a counter attack, where they need to be, if it's aimed at if it's aimed at Joel Linton, who's running off him, where are his options, you know, he needs to put you know, this is for me is basic stuff, and then af- it's only after you get that kind of stuff right, that's when you can think right. That, let's not only create chances, but let's create chances that are actually going to be meaningful and threaten the the defence. Definitely, Kevin Nolan has come out today and been quoted. I think by the Shields Gazette quite hilariously. <laughs> he, he came to I don't know if you watch training or watch the team play or something like that, and it was bouncing in preseason. Everyone was buzzing. The place was a bit boring under Rafa, like <laughs> just. I don't know, was like... Just winning games, ball yeah, people? Cause yeah, it, probably it, just, it doesn't feel like that, Kevin, as a supporter. It's not like this really <laughs> happy... You know, it goes back to the thing, isn't it? I think Sai's always said that, and Norman have said, like, this kind of propaganda from Bruce's mates in the media about, like, oh, the, the lads bloody love training under Steve Bruce. And it's like, not necessarily a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> may, maybe having to work hard tactically on the training pitch yields results on the pitch. Like, playing games like 5v3 where like the loser's got to pick up all the cones or get the first round of pints in or whatever, <laughs> might not be good. I mean, that's an exaggeration, of course. I'm sure that's not happening and they'll have very serious training sessions. But like, just think about like moments from history. It's like, you know, Kevin Nolan thought the 1920s was a bit boring, but now the financial, co- you know, markets have crashed. 1930s, like, oh, place is buzzing. It's a lot more interesting. It's like, more interesting oh, doesn't wow. necessarily that's equate. I was going to go for for something else, but probably wasn't inappropriate. I had a change, same era, but change at the last minute. Um, I, I just think like the fact that we've got Kevin Nolan come and saying these kind of things, people are always going to say he's after a job. He's after a job. He's after a job. Like what what job? Like what what job is there at the club that Kevin Nolan could do? They wouldn't make a manager, I presume. But yeah, I mean, Charlotte kind of final. Well, the manager isn't even a manager, is he? He's a head coach. <laughs> yeah, true. Final one for you, um, Charlotte, is, you know, I kind of asked Adam there, I can't remember with you, whether you were with us or not, um, from reconnecting. Is To be know, clear, I didn't hang up. There was technical difficulties. Yeah, you just got so pissed off at, at my criticism of John Joe Shelby. You were like, nah, <laughs> get him off. Um, we talked about positives. I don't to take even know it, if I heard that. <laughs> to take it into Brighton. Um, are there, are there, is there anything, kind of same question that I asked Adam for you, is there anything so far that you've seen, particularly from Saturday, that you think, you know what, it's going to be all right? Um, I don't know that my feeling is, you know what, it's going to be all right. My feeling is there are things, you know, that we, that are very, we very obviously need to work on, like, uh, that if we do, we'll be all right. 
um, I mean, there's a there's a myriad of things, but I think the attacking threat or lack of um, is is the key one. I really hope that what Bruce sees or saw on Saturday uh, between Joe Linton and Almiron, in that that the answer to that is that there was nothing between them. I hope that that is a is a major point for this week's training because. Um, those two aren't coming together at all and really should be. And I think as well, and I didn't really get a chance to mention this because of the aforementioned technical difficulties, I'm concerned about Almiron's confidence because I think he looks like a much less confident player um, now than he did even at the beginning of the season, but particularly you know before injury last season. And, and I think that... Is, isn't going to help um, our, any kind of threat that we're going to pose uh, on the attack. So, 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 yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd like to see them working closer together. I'd obviously like Almiron to, to sort of get a goal. I think everyone wants him to get a goal, but more for his confidence. Well, no, more for the club <laughs> and the team to do well, but also for his confidence. And then I guess, yeah, the positive would be, as I've said, I didn't think defensively we were too, we were bad. So I think if we can keep strengthening that back sort of five, maybe, maybe not craft, <laughs> um, we, uh, we should be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how it'll go. I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts on the preview, but I think, yeah, I think there are positives. I'm not sure that I've conveyed that very well, but I do think that there are. Interesting point you make there, about Kraft. Yedlin springs to mind back in training. He, he might have a, you know, big say, and you'd certainly think he's not afraid to get forwards and drag the the team up the pitch almost. And you think of some of the results last season; he was hugely hugely influential in an attacking sense. He can't really defend, but neither can the rest of them. So. Like you know, if, but, but like you know, I was thinking about this about you know when I was mentioning about Willems getting into the box. Yedlin is the other player the other side that can actually provide balance and he is like a second winger you know he he will provide attacking reinforcements in a way that others can and be, and because they're both quick and, and and you know say what you want about Yedlin I, I agree with you he's not the best defender at all but he's he was cheap and he works he works bloody hard he's got the right attitude I think yeah, he, he had a good season last season yeah, he came on a lot but what one thing that Yedlin is is an athlete and he will run all game every game and he'll get up and down up and down up and down so I actually think, for balance, him and Willems pose quite a decent threat um, and will give us give us reinforcements in that final third, which we're just, we're just lacking at the minute. You know, we, we just, like you said, we just don't have the bodies. This has been the True Faith Podcast. We've done nearly 50 minutes, 5-0. As I said to Adam before this, we'll not do more than half an hour here. <laughs> now to talk about. Prove that wrong. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, remember that you can get more of this through the week this week, in fact, uh, on our Patreon feed podcasts feed directly into your podcast player of choice costs seven us dollars a month who knows how many thousands that will cost us all you all in in the months and years to come after brexit but for now it's quite a good deal with things so please get on board we'll have you know we have a, a podcast from the match live at the match every single week so you'd have heard adam and charlotte celebrating the goal and mourning the the other goals and, and all sorts so check that out and thanks everyone for listening so much we'll be back with you post brighton for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.